As you're listening to me, Daisy, Apple's iPhone disassembly robot, is dismantling an iPhone into lots of recyclable parts. That's how Apple recovers more materials than conventional recycling methods. Thanks, Daisy. There's more to iPhone. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com Right. Okay, that was incredibly bossy. Uh, right, come on, everybody, especially you at the back. Stop lagging behind. Yes, Pay attention. I'm here. I'm yep, here. Yep, okay. Were you a diligent pupil, Claire Balding? Uh, I was in certain lessons very, very committed. English wow. in particular, but okay. in others I was probably quite bad. And bad as in... Oh, not concentrated. And also we had these soft things. So you see the roof tiles here um, above us, the ceiling yeah. tiles. We had... Ours were sort of soft. These are probably hard too because they'll be soundproofy things. Anyway, you could stick pens and pencils in them. So when our history teacher had turned around and was doing things on the board, we would get up and stick things in the ceiling and then see if he noticed when he turned back around again. And then we'd also swap seats. Yeah, that was yeah, a good classic, one. classic. Yeah. I think we once uh, before did you have a kind of uh, roll call thing first thing in the morning in your classrooms? We had one one morning where we'd all turned our desks round to face the back, and just the whole class, about thirty of us, just agreed that we'd be nonchalant about it, as if it was just completely <laughs> and utterly normal. Nobody would give the game away to the poor teacher, and quite often there are a couple of teachers, Claire, that I think I should have. Uh, written to apologise. I, I have, uh, yes. Do you have that feeling? Yes, I really do. Yes, I, I really, really do. Now I'm older. Particularly the one whose hair yeah. I gave a quick trim to. That. No, yep. a mm-hmm. teacher. Yeah, long, long, yeah, long. I feel really bad about that. Balding, but how did you get that close? Because she was walking in between the desks. Oh, okay. And you just got a little pair of scissors out. I'm not sure I did it, actually. I think I'm having a false memory here. I think I I didn't do it, but it was done. Okay. And and do you ever get that kind of very naughty spirit now in adult life? What do you do with it? Oh, I constantly, I have an urge to, you know, kick a golf ball on the green. Yes. Which you really mustn't do. No. Especially if it's somebody else's. Yes. Yeah. No, I do sometimes have an urge to do something really naughty. Okay, because you work in quite a confined, especially with the live shiny floor TV type stuff, where you really can't do that. You can get away with a little bit of whatever on radio, can't you? Well, yeah, you can't go full Jill and Keegan, but you can have that thought. Yeah. (laughs) I'm not having that thought, are you? Well, no, just what, in terms of wanting to swear? No. 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 I've trained that out of myself. Exactly. Uh, Right. Uh, Dear Jane and Fee, well, it's Claire and Fee, but it's only Claire for today, and then it's Annika, and then Lady Jane Garvey returns. From her wonderful holiday. She is back from her tour of Europe, which I imagine her doing with a series Mm -hmm. of suitcases. And a big hat and binoculars. Very much so. And a guidebook. Yep. And several lackeys. The grand tour. (laughs) Yeah. 
so Verlin, who's listening to us in Ontario in Canada, said, I listened to Fee and Claire's discussion regarding tattoos this morning. Years ago, I read that Freud said tattoos are a defence mechanism to externalise some inner trauma. On the 10th anniversary of his death, I had my brother's initials tattooed on my inner wrist. I'm a knitter and I like seeing them while my needles work. Uh, That's just lovely, actually. And I didn't know that. I've learned so much about tattoos in the last couple of days uh, because we were talking to Pernabelle about the kind of stigma uh, that she had received uh, when she was in France because she's got quite a few tats. Uh, And Verlin says, many good wishes to you and your families, especially the four-leggeds. You don't have a four-legged at the moment, though, do you? No, no, I've got two cats. Okay, but the big four-legged. Button and Eric. Uh, don't have a four-legged dog at the moment. No. Being, I have been quite concerned, and we did discuss this on the programme this afternoon, but if for those that didn't hear it, very concerned about, about animals in this heat. Obviously, I'm also concerned about people, but um, given my love of animals and also animals the fact... Animals more, yeah. They, yeah, basically more. <laughs> they can't tell us, I'm too hot. And I was recommending pavement, you know, testing the pavement for heat before you take your dog for a walk, walking much earlier in the morning. Um, later in the evening and not nearly as much as you ordinarily would because they won't need as much exercise. But was it Chris who gave us the tip about the fingertips in cold water? That was Jim Dale. Jim Dale, the weather expert, the meteorologist, if you can say it. Um, He said that when he was in the Navy, an iced bowl of water, just your fingertips in, that will cool your whole body down by one degree, he said. I always do the cold water on the wrists. Yeah, because that's just that's that's logical, isn't it? Because that's mm. near where you've got a vein well, popping yes, up. Well, yeah. yes, a few, or on the back of your neck. So sometimes when it's really, really hot, when the kids were tiny, I'd make a little kind of ice cube scarf and put it around the back of their neck. That's what lots of sports people do too. But they also have those ice jackets. So the cyclists, for example, will put on an ice jacket. Marathon runners do that too. Have you got an ice jacket for Nancy because she's an athlete? Uh, I've got one of those extraordinary uh, ice coats which you just wet and there's something... I I really don't understand the science and I'd love it if someone could explain it to me. Uh, The temperature of the water immediately cools so the, the actual fabric feels like it's frozen. It's really bizarre. And and whenever you wring it out of the water, the fabric will stay in that uh, shape as it dries. So it's it's fabric impregnated with something, but I don't know what. And it keeps her very cool and she absolutely loves it. Does she come towards you tail wagging when it's, you know... Yeah, no, she does. She's she's really very, very happy. Mm. Uh, So, look, it's been 32 degrees, I think, in London today, which is why we're talking about the weather. Uh, We've got so many people who listen to us, Claire, in Australia, who will just be going, oh, for goodness sake. What, and get over yourself. But also, all those people who are listening in Australia seem to be recommending Fisk. Oh, gosh, yes. That's what they've told us. No, but they all say you just must watch Fisk. If If you finish Deadlock, your next thing must be... Fisk, and it's really funny and less sweary than Deadlock. So apologies. Um, we probably should have given a language warning ahead of my big recommendation, not having known that you'd been recommending Deadlock for months, um, but should give a you know language warning around that. Uh, but anyway, this Fisk sounds good. It's set in a legal firm uh, in Oh, I love that. Australia. Oh, listen, you're talking to someone who grew up wanting to be a lawyer because I watched LA Law. Oh. Was L.A. Law the one which opened in the first episode with one of the lawyers deliberately driving into the back of one of the other lawyers because he fancied her? 
that could have been, I can't remember specifics. I thought I was about to say, oh, no, that was Ali McBeal, if you're talking about the one where they burst into song and they had the unisex lose. No, but this is a that. guy who no. just deliberately yes, saw, might, yeah. saw a woman on the freeway that he fancied and just, uh, drove, and just into drove into the back of her car so he could take her number. Not to be recommended, children. <laughs> not, not allowed. No. Not allowed, not a good Gosh, way. You're right. I tell you what, you can yes, take the lady yes, out of the BBC. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, good afternoon, Ms. Glover and Ms. Balding, says Stephen. I'm enjoying your show. I would definitely recommend skydiving. I jumped out of a plane oh. strapped to an instructor from 10,000 feet, landing onto a nice sandy beach. It is the most exhilarating thing I've ever done regarding the Rolling Stones. What music do you both like to listen to when at home, in the car or when walking? Well, the skydiving refers to a story that Claire picked out of the newspapers today. I just, it's just never, it doesn't matter how many times someone says that that's amazing. I'm never going to do it. Claire. No, Alice says she won't do it either. And um, I like to because I just like that, you know, the thrill of standing up there and, and then going, right, I'm going to go. And obviously hoping hoping that the thing works when you pull your string or yes. push your button or it's whatever for, you're meant to it's do. It's for the optimistic hobbyist. It is. <laughs> it is. You have to embrace life and believe that you will. Yes. Yeah. Uh, but the music thing, so the Stones, the Rolling Stones have released their first studio album in, it's either 18 years or 23 years. It's I 18. Give, I'm is sure. it 18? That's what you said earlier. But then Matt corrected me and said it was 23. Oh, I see. I was going with your fact. Yeah. I didn't listen to his. Let's just say uh, the first studio album in 18 the first studio album in 23 years and take your pick don't write in to complain uh and it sounds okay i mean it's very very rolling stones and i know that sounds like such a stupid thing to say you know they are the rolling stones but i suppose after 20 years you think maybe they've got something else in them that they might like to show us but by the sounds of it they don't i mean glorious that's why they're popular because when they bang yeah, the, them out they bang them out the bit of the track we listened to was called angry and I thought, why, why, why? What have you got to be angry well, about? Well, quite. But it did start with the classic one, two, three, four. Yeah. yeah, for that. And I think I said, actually, not really. My, my microphone was faded up. I said, oh, they can still count. <laughs> did that go out on air? Yes. Yes, great. And <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, I've said it again. So what do you listen to? Just do uh, top two things. What do you like? Are you a classical music person? No, not really. Not really, to be honest. Um, I like, I have my playlist on my thing that, of things that cheer on my phone, you know, yes. of stuff that cheer, what cheers me up. Somebody did say to me the other day, he said, oh, I listen to your Desert Island Discs. I've got one thing to say to you, Bare Naked Ladies. I said, yes. Okay. It's because I picked um, If I Had a Million Dollars, which is a very funny, very funny song. And, and what was the it. one that you would take to the Desert Island with you? Oh, it was um, it was Billy Joel. She's got away. I was oh, being romantic, Fee. That's lovely. So mm. Billy Joel is doing his last ever concerts, isn't he next year? Yeah. So have you ever oh, been to no. see him in his Madison Square Garden, where he just tips up every month and just does all his tunes for no, you know I'd the local to. New York audience? I well, you got to get there. Love to. You got to get there. Um, Bell and Sebastian. I want the world to stop. That's on my playlist. Um, so I do bits and bobs of things. Actually, if it's going for albums. And it's funny, occasionally when you get asked to go on like Graham Norton's show on Virgin upstairs, upstairs in this building is what I mean, um, I picked a song by Sound of the Sirens because I really love them and it was too, um, they're not very well known. And so it was too obscure. I wasn't allowed to have that. Oh. Yeah. Okay. But I'd really, are we allowed to just play things here or not? 
I don't think we can actually because uh, we don't have the kind of copyright. And you talk about so music. Don't. It's one of the most frustrating things ever, I think. Mm. It's a little bit like perfume adverts. What's the point, Claire? Perfume adverts? Oh, yeah. yeah, but my word, they spend money on those perfume adverts. Well, they do. But what's the point? You can't smell it. Just talking about yes, music. but you What's can see what you would look like if you wore this perfume. Oh, huh? Because it's going to make you look like that. Oh, yeah. Uh, I've got a very odd thing that goes down on my Spotify because we've got a family, shared family Spotify. So I actually can't even read you out the titles of the most recent things that have been played on the Glover Jones family Spotify. So we'll have just you, leave Why that. have you done naughty things? No, not at all, but just because both my teenagers listen to stuff that sometimes just has, uh, well, quite angry titles, actually. Angry well, There we go. The back, we're back on angry. Yeah. We're back on the Rolling Stones. I have a running playlist as well, not that I run. Uh, but I, you, yes, so we were sitting around the other day deciding what will we play to uplift us. And I'm afraid this, I don't care. And this is a forward ref to, to Jason Donovan, who we're going to hear from shortly. I don't care if this doesn't sound cool. But The Greatest Showman, you can't beat it. If you want to listen to a soundtrack that is going to make you want to move or or smile or sing really loudly in the car, The Greatest Showman, specifically from now on, once it gets going. OK, mm. well, I believe you. Uh uh, in response, well, this is Go like on. so Garvey's favourite uh, uplifting tune, which I think she did play to herself every day for about a decade, is Ronan Keating's Life is a Roller Coaster. Oh, yeah. Yep, you just Good choice. It. Good well, choice. see, I made myself a, um, a playlist uh, which is called Happy Days, but actually, somebody did pick me up on it last week because it starts with The Cure and The Forest. No. That's not particularly happy. But it's got loads on. It's got Benny and the Jets. Uh-huh. Uh, it's got Gypsy, Fleetwood Mac, Tiny Dancer, Elton John. Uh, it's got uh, Oblivious by Aztec Camera, which I've mentioned on the podcast before because I got. Do you ever get just stuck on a song for a couple of months and then you can't listen to it again for about 10 years? And Aztec Camera just came up on something. And Oblivious is a fantastically happy track. You've got um, Brilliant Disguise, Bruce Springsteen. Yes, yes. good choice. Have, yeah. Good choice. Ordinary World, you've got good choice. Have you got um, Have you got Only You, Yazoo? No. Oh. oh, my gosh. I haven't listened to that for years, Claire. It's like a story of love. Right. <laughs> That's two people who cannot sing, but... Well, you can. Uh, I definitely no, I can't. can't. No, at all. no, no. That is one of my favourite songs. I love that. That is a lovely song, actually. I'm going to listen to that on the way home, Claire Balding. Thank you very much indeed for the recommendation. Shall we move seamlessly into a man who can sing and who's made a living out of it? I think that is a wonderful yep. seamless move. And also with whom we, because we're a similar age, um, grew up. Very much so. Because he was only, and he was only, he was born in 1968. I was born in 71. 69. Okay, so he is roughly, you know, he's definitely the same generation as us. Yeah. As a teenager, he gets picked out of obscurity, well, out of teenage life, whatever he was doing, to star in a relatively new sitcom in Australia called Neighbours. He's given the role of Scott Robinson and his female interest in it, to whom he gets married in the show, was Kylie Minogue. Charlene and Scott and Charlene getting married was watched by well I don't know how many millions in Australia I know their recent 
semi-final at the World Cup, at the Women's World Cup, was a new record for them for viewing figures. But I suspect it may have beaten the marriage of, you know, like the previous record holder might have been Scott and Charlene getting married. 20 million Britons, though, watched that. So, you know, lots of people listening will know exactly who we mean. And they reunited. They were meant to be, Neighbours was meant to be finishing. They got them both back on, Jason and Kylie. Um, but Jason Donovan also sold millions of records. He has been on screen and stage. He's an all-round good bloke. And um, he's recently been in the West End production of Greece, playing the role... And it's a it's a brief part, <laughs> but it's important. It's the role of teen angel. So I started, I thought quite sensibly about asking him about that part. It's rites of passage by someone of my age and my caliber, um, midlife, um, and having had uh, the journey, I suppose that I've had in in music and and uh, television and. I guess popular culture. Listen, I think. Um, to, how do I? How do I? How do I? Sort of dig deep in Teen Angel when it's three and a half minutes on stage. Um, there's, there's, you know, obviously the, the character of uh, Frenchie. I think it is, you know, sort of dreams of her past, and you know, out I arrive as this sort of vision of her. Uh, I suppose her childhood and guidance, but I, I teach her a few lessons that are in the lyrics that are sort of not all rosy and nice. There's a, a bit of an edge to Teen Angel, actually, rather than the, the glitz. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. My beauty still dropping, yes. no graduation. You, yeah. I mean, it's it's a little bit of a backhand sort of slap on the wrists by. But three and a half minutes on stage in the second mm. half, yes? Yes. So you don't have to turn up for the beginning of no, the show. No, I don't. This is good. Jason, well done. But, Claire, it's taken me 35 years to get to this moment. To earn it. Earned it very well. Very well indeed. Thank you. Uh, did you like Greece first? I love Greece. Yeah. I, I mean, I'm, you know, I, being in a, an Australian um, and obviously Olivia and... Um, uh, you know, the impact it had in the 70s as a film. Ironically, when I was at the Palladium in 1991 doing Joseph, Greece opened at the Dominion Theatre uh, and it was the first time that they brought the lyrics and the songs together, I believe, because Robert Stigwood had given the rights and they were all in separate pockets. So it was a, a producer called David Ian and... Paul Nicholas, or Nichols, or Nicholas, who was an actor. Nicholas. Nicholas, yeah. yeah. Yes. Um, and uh, it was with Debbie Gibson and Craig McLaughlin. Oh, yeah. But I, playing Joseph and having the currency of Andrew Lloyd Webber and Tim Rice was probably the place I wanted to be at that particular point in time. And you were a very good Joseph, can I say? Thank you. I also want to congratulate you on one of the best tour titles ever, combining that thought of the amazing Technicolor Dream mm. with a midlife crisis, calling yes. it the Amazing Midlife Crisis Tour. Yes. Congratulations. Thank you. Great title. We, we... Was it fun? It was a it was a long. It started out with about fifteen dates and then went to one hundred and twenty, so it's sort of it it, it it was cathartic and funny and and um, the right thing for me to do at the right time. It's funny actually that sort of format really seems to sort of be taking off a little bit. I think in a way, I guess it's a sort of a an extension of a sort of a podcast idea where you know we don't really have the parkies or 
I guess we've got Piers Morgan doing his life stories, but but I, I we don't have that sort of elevation towards uh, sitting and watching documentaries or conversations about our lives like we used to on television or the attention span of the audience. So um, theatre, small shows, intimate shows about you know one's life is probably a nice thing to do when yeah. you're structuring that though you sing as well but mm. it's very much storytelling about what where do you start with with the story of your life at the beginning well yes <laughs> I, mean, I, I know i know Claire. I, I i that's true that's true i mean to, to be honest with you, the midlife crisis too i think was the last time we spoke actually so it's we're going back about just before the pandemic actually um I, you, you, I, I guess you just you give the audience what they're looking for, which is obviously things like neighbours and Kylie and you know and growing up in Melbourne and you know the, the lows same. and the highs of being famous and all those sort of things inter inter intercut with the songs, which sort of is a. But isn't what people really want to know uh, about your resilience and about mm. being a real decent human being, having got through the world of showbiz? So although we mm. love you for all of that neighbour stuff, I actually think that your real attraction now is the fact that you have gone down and up mm -hmm. and down and up and have a bit of wisdom actually about the world that you're in you're not super star spangled no no i'm stuff. not i'd like to i hopefully see myself as authentic is the word i like to sort of use um i think that's been sort of handballed around about me on a few occasions particularly recently i was back in australia for six months and that word came up quite a lot um yeah, I mean, I you know, I'm I'm one of these sort of characters that sort of I don't believe in luck. I think you create your own luck. I think timing in life is everything. You know, the world is round; it's not square. What comes around goes around. Um, I'm not m deeply philosophical, but I'm you know I'm very active. Um, I. I like to keep working. You know, when I'm passionate, I, I know what I like to do and I've been lucky in my life to be able to do what I love doing, even if it's taken on different forms. And, yes, sometimes I'd love to have been a great film actor and sometimes I'd, I'd love to have written a fantastic song. Um, or, you know, I look at other people and go, I'd like to have done what you've done. But I can look in the mirror now and go, I'm sort of, quite happy with what I what I see you know and I've kept fit well that I was going to physically ask you, fit all my life you are yeah there is there is yeah. you, you are a, a very you, you're a very sporty looking yes guy, I am I am and I appreciate sporting physique, I, I, and, and I and it's that's your betting so what's the routine Jason Donovan that's what the I routine know. okay good question on a day like today um I always start the day with water and lemon. Although my dentist oh, recently, how can you? well, the how dentist recently said there's a bit too much them? acid in the lemon, so you know gum, gum, um, you know, affecting your gum. Anyway, that's another story. <laughs> I, that's that's like mid fifties stuff. Um, then I will swim. 
and I I don't go cold, under. Cold water? I love cold water. See, this, this one here, Fee is a real uh, open water. Fee, I've just recently this weekend, because I can't get close enough to cold water this at the moment, because the temperatures are pretty warm, I bought myself a, an ice bath, a, an inflatable ice bath. I haven't spent the big bucks, so I have to go and get ice from Tesco's or Sainsbury's or whoever. So which is a, I, I did, but it's designed. It's okay. uh, Can I mention, it's called, I think, a Lumi, um, and it's it's very sexy and quite fun and only fits me. So you get in that first thing in the morning after your I, hot lemon? I don't, but no, what I tend to do is is I go down to my gym and I, rather than swim, which I would in Australia, I find it quite difficult in an indoor pool in this country to go under. Only because my hair... <laughs> Right. I don't like, I swim as hair with too much chlorine. It never looks great on, no. you know, on BBC Breakfast in the but morning. But are you therefore doing breaststroke with your head out of the water? I I pull myself through the water and I push myself back. Oh, so my, my philosophy behind that is quite simple is I don't like weights. I've never been interested in a, in a builder's weight lifting body. It does nothing for me. I love the swimmer's sort of physicality toned in the right places. And I think the weight distribution of water, when you see, you know, a lot of people talk about the, the physio aspect of water and, you know, if you have back issues, you should go into the water, sort of does everything I need to do. Um, it becomes very addictive as well, mm. just the immersion of it. Can I just say, have you ever thought about wearing a hat? <laughs> I have worn hats in the past. I think that you need to put sort of water that isn't chlorine underneath it to, to get that layer of water that doesn't affect your hair. And then ultimately the chlorine, like water, will find its way through. It's one of those substances. It will find its way and cause you problems. Listen, I, I mean, you know, I was in Australia recently just, just to follow on from cold water swimming. I, I've just come back from Melbourne. It was very cold. Every day I went down to the bay, Port Phillip Bay, to the Brighton Baths, and I swam um, and it was getting cold. It was down to about 11.9 in the water. The only thing that kept me happy was my wetsuit cap. So I was wearing my Speedos. Um, and my wetsuit cap because your your head feels the cold obviously the most um, and the skin between your skull and your hair gets and and the brain freeze the brain freeze well, so so I'm a big fan of cold water swimming I like to do my my swimming in the morning and also I steam radio is all about pictures and we've made somebody's day with that steam, it like is it. I radio is more about the steaming but I'm going to move on yeah it's like, vocal that's a vocal thing. iOS helps you control which apps you share your exact location with. There's more to iPhone. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync... Things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to monday.com.
There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. So Jason Donovan there talking about life in general and the life he has lived and his authenticity. But um, I want to know as well about him with his kids. And do his kids think he's cool or do they think he's vaguely embarrassing? Definitely embarrassing, but Claire, I'll I'll be honest with you. One of the greatest gifts I've been given is, I don't believe in being cool. I've worked that one out post the 90s when I tried to think I needed to be cool and actually it wasn't getting me anywhere. I just needed to be myself a little bit. And all the things that I pushed away that were cool to try and find this sort of utopia of public acceptance um, didn't... I ended up going back to where I started you know so i think um one of the great things with my kids is they love hanging out with me and that's cool and that's been a really lovely thing as i've got a little bit older yes i am a bit embarrassing yes but but my my kids were at the carnival racing notting hill carnival i live in that neighborhood um and they all wanted me to come out and hang with them at the carnival so so that sort of works for me that's an absolute win mm. i don't think you can wish for no. anything more because you're i mean they're not really kids are they they're, no. they're young adults they are they? 23 gem is 23 zach is 22 and my youngest is 12 so do you try and advise them about their direction in life using your own experiences would you be fearful if they wanted to turn out and you know, <laughs> show this thing. absolutely oh Gemma is is you know did four years in neighbors and she's just completed a year in Hollyoaks I think um, my son Zach is politics at Edinburgh um, and my daughter 12 year old well who knows where she'll go but listen I I uh, as long as you're passionate about something and as long as you're a decent human being, I've educated them best I can to make the right choices. What they want to do with their lives is up to them. But I'm very much about being honest. And, you know, I've always said when it comes to the curveballs in life, I will be completely honest with them about stuff like that because I've, you know, I haven't been perfect. Um but uh, but again, it comes back to um, I keep going back to physical fitness and mental health. It's just it's a funny one in my life. It's always it's always been a a little good thing for me, you know. And I think also you need that person who's always honest with you and says, "Don't be a prat." Who's that for you? Mm. I'm not saying that you are. No, no, that no. Was, that was very sure. Me, talking to me, I need someone. So Alice does that for me, my partner. Who does that and says, that's a good decision. Yeah. You should do that. You'll enjoy it. And God, no, Jason, don't do that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, no, you can't have too many yes men around you. And, and that's... that's um, they still have their own opinions and they still tell me to, you know what they think and you know we still conflict but i think um yeah passion um you know physical fitness yeah i mean they still live at home 
uh, which is a bit of a stress, to be honest. Because, I mean, they're not tidy, <laughs> which is really gets on top of me. Because I'm quite OCD, actually. I'm quite, quite sort of, I get up in the morning and make my bed, and I like things in particular. But sort what were of you order. like when you were their age? Um, when I was their age, well, I was on my red carpet journey of neighbours and coming to this country and flying around the world and, you know, turning left. Um, you know, it was pretty extraordinary what I was doing at their age. But so, were you colour coding your socks? I wasn't. I've got worse to, as I've got older. I don't know why. It's Maybe it's because... I own more things more socks. <laughs> and more responsibility. And, you know, I'm one of these things, one of these people also that I'm, I'm a real believer in get it done now. You know, what are we, what are we, what are we, why are we waiting to, you know, I don't, you know, I like to get things done or not or move on, you know. Um, Greece is obviously not going to be that physically taxing no. for you, although you'll be brilliant in your three and a half minutes on stage. Mm. But presumably you're going to be into panto in a couple of, I hate to mention the Christmas word, but, you know, as we move mm. into autumn, panto's a big, big deal and you've become very much a regular. I, I mean, you say that, I, I've done it twice um, in Birmingham and Southampton. Um, I've elected that that I won't be doing it this year, um, and and probably the thing about panto is is it's a lot of hard work, and it's you know at a time when you want to share with people you want to be with rather than necessarily working. Um, also, it's not for me. It's not moving forward in a way, even though you know something like you might say, "Well, God." Greece is hardly sort of, you know, Shakespearean moment. It's not, but it's still a creative moment for me to to to. Sometimes harder to do three and a half minutes than it is to do two hours on stage because you've really got to come out and fire. Well, you really uh, can't cock it up. No, you can't. I've done it a few times. I, the, the lyrics, I've 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 forgotten or mixed up the lyrics. I just got. I can't believe these kids are working all, you know, as hard as they are, and I've come along and. Anyway, no one would have noticed. I think the thing about I think the thing about the thing about Panto is that it is um, it it's about a parody of yourself. So you're not doing it this time. No, and you can only so long take take that. And I just don't get the creative. I mean, I like to be creative. You know, I like to be progressive rather than looking back. I like to keep moving forward. So what's the dream job in the future if you could just, you know, create your own perfect world? Yep. Do you know what? I'm a workaholic um, and it's and it's becoming a little bit of a problem, I think, in my life. Um, but I'm also sort of at a point where I'm in a golden sort of time where I suppose a lot of my audience you know, like to come see me in shows. I did Rocky Horror this year. I love that. I, I, I did it when it was in 1998 for the 25th anniversary and I came back to the 50th anniversary um, and that's where we were in Australia, Sydney, Melbourne, um, and it just clicked for me and it's a great character, Frank. Um, so I like to I like to do... I love live work because I like the adrenaline I like it's like probably like a sports person. I like that that feeling. Um, uh, but I don't like doing it for too long. 
<laughs> you know, six weeks or five weeks. So I'd like to do these jobs, but smaller little bits and then have more time off, I suppose, in between. Well, yeah. those socks won't tidy themselves, Jason. They won't. And they've got to be kept very, very tight. Um, there are various TV projects that, that you've been involved in and <clears throat> you did I'm a Celebrity, you did Strictly Come Dancing. Is there, you, you know, is that is anything like that coming up this week? No, 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 I've sort of ticked those You are those open, books. so listen. Yeah, any, I mean, so basically, anyone mm. who, who is listening thinking, God, I love Jason Donovan to do this with us. You are... I'm available. Uh, that's, that's But it depends on the, the, the project and... Um, yeah, I guess it depends on the project. I mean, we're in a funny, funny moment at the moment because TV is not what it used to be. I think, in a way, television has changed. It's a bit like the music industry was in the in the early two thousands. I'm, 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 I'm just, I, I love my popular culture and I like to look at the media and I, and I, I like to see it from many different angles as I've done. Um, so you know, and we're digesting our products and our content in very different ways than we and that that's in film and that's you know the phone is like i mean wow you know i mean it's quite incredible how powerful you know my my children even wouldn't think of watching television terrestrial tv anymore so you know i think we've still got to have great stories and great songs it's just how we 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 give that to our audience in the future it's going to be really interesting notwithstanding probably what we're doing here which mm-hmm. is Sort of a podcast, you know, designed to be filmed and spread on little nuggets, you know, 30-second nuggets, oh, like three and, and a half minutes of Greece. Well, you're exactly. And make that three and a half make minutes. Work for us. Yes. Um, and save your hair. Because yeah, ex- it does, it looks particularly I, good. I can't disagree with you, Claire. <laughs> I, I have to say I completely concur. And And... As I heard someone say the other day, which did make me laugh, my greatest ability is availability. Mm, <laughs> and mm. there, take that as your, you know. Or, or my greatest disability is my availability. I don't know. Sometimes it's it's good to, to not be available. Or sometimes it's good to say no, too. So that's quite empowering. It is. Mm. But when was the last time you said no? Well, I said yes to this, didn't I? <laughs> and no. Yeah. Oh, when was the last time you wish you'd said no? When was the last time you actually said no? Well, I'd have said no a lot, actually. Yeah. Yes, Do you anyway. find you say no to, to too much to work sometimes? Do you find that that's... Uh, no. no. <laughs> Probably not no. enough. <laughs> yeah, OK. But I like the variety, so yeah, that's what Yeah, I do me. too. Yeah. I think that's important, you know. I think it's important. Can I ask you both a question, please? Yes. What's the daftest thing that you've been asked to do? Wife you... swap. And wife I said swap. no to that. Wife swap. Have you been asked to do wife swap? I've been asked to do wife swap. No. Um, daft... Or just oh just when someone's asked you, to, and you're just kind of like, like commercially. I'm not that I mean, you yeah. know, I mean, I once got asked to pay Saturday. Um, what's the Ed and Deck show on a Saturday night? Oh yeah, Saturday, Saturday night, night takeaway. Yeah. yeah, and play, you know, like an elf, yeah. like amongst a bunch of other elves. Oh, it was probably for their. Um, they were doing a kind of yeah. undercover thing, a, a kind of almost yeah. like a little mini drama. Yeah, I said yes to and that. I, I, <laughs> well, then you're a better... I didn't play an elf, better, but I was in it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I did, yeah, I just... It was quite I mean, funny because I like that. I was a bit like, yeah. you want me to play an elf? Yeah, you should A bunch of yes, other celebrity Jesse. elves? I think I'm okay on that one. I don't don't need the, the profile or exposure 
Are you sure you want to pass on that? Yes, I'm sure I'll I pass think you that. two should do a podcast about... <laughs> no, about, about the showbiz about world. About variety. What people yeah. have said no to. Yeah. yeah. So there we have it. That was Jason Donovan, our, our big, big guest. Mm. Do you think you would ever do a podcast with Jason Donovan called Can't Say No? No. <laughs> but oh. We are. <laughs> because I can say no. And have said no to lots of things, but obviously not the Ant and Deck thing that he looked at and went, oh, no, why do I? Why would I play an elf? I think it was to do with the role he was offered, not not the fact that it was Ant and Deck Saturday Takeaway. Yeah, because that's a massive show and... It was. I had quite a lot of fun. Yeah. No. I'm. I'm sure it is. Uh, I mean, I think it. You. You move in those kind of higher echelons of showbiz, Claire. Where I, do you know? I don't really. And and actually, Jason and I have only met once, but it was like you know, he very sweetly treated me as if he knew me really well. I am heartbroken that you say that because I genuinely believe that you two are very close personal friends there. Um, but no, you do move in those echelons where you are asked to do uh, just a, a, I would imagine, quite a ridiculous raft of things. Uh, and uh, if the phone doesn't ring, do you start to get worried? Do you, do, do you, it, how are you judging yourself in all of these things when people ask you to do really stupid stuff like come on and be an elf? I'm not actually judging myself. At all, you know, at the risk of sounding deeply shallow. <laughs> I'm not. <laughs> so I just do. Th- OK, the rule is, is it going to be fun? This is why I said yes to this, by the way, to which I could have said no. And actually had a you know, couple of days at home. Is it going to be fun? And, and a, yeah, A, is it going to be fun? Will I enjoy it? B, is it going to be challenging and different? And C, do you know, will I learn something from it? And if the answer to those three things is yes. Oh, and then there's obviously, as I said to him, availability. Yeah. <laughs> Am I available? Can I? And luckily, that with Lady Jane being away this week, I, I actually did have a week when I could do two days. But that was, you know, I was pretty specific about I can't do all four. I can do two. Mm. And then I think I suggested Annika Rice. And I'm very pleased you said yes. Yes. And so she's been your, uh, well, you've been the Claire Balding Sandwich. Uh, you've been butt-ended by Annika Rice on the Monday and the I Thursday. I am the filling. You are. I am the filling yeah, filler. And you've been delightful. Thanks. Uh, but the carousel of celebrities just weird now, isn't it? All of that, you know, which reality show have you been on and all of that. Well, that's. I did feel slightly guilty because obviously I looked at the, you know, what can I, what other work can I ask him about? And obviously I brought up Panto and he's not doing that anymore. So that made me feel a bit, you know, I was like, oh my God, what should I... So, what, so then I'm thinking, what's he going to do this winter? That's a lot of months to not really work. Hmm. You know, other than the three and a half minutes every now and again. Well, the next time, the next Grace. time Jane's away on holiday, I'm phoning yes. Jason. Jason, Jason, I'm phoning would be, Jason. Do you know yep. what? After his swim, as long as the hair is we've got safely a lot, protected, we've got a lot in common. Yes. <laughs> you, I can see this. I think that's a really, re- and as we now know, we've got a lot of listeners in Australia. They'd oh. be thrilled. Yeah, this is shaping up. Eve, it's a booking. It's a booking. Um, it has been really, really lovely to do a bit of hanging out with you, Claire Balding. Thanks. I've very much enjoyed your company. Uh, there's so much that we haven't talked about, so I'm going to try and make sure that you come back sometime soon. We haven't talked about Paris 2024, actually, oh. which we were going to try and do today. I'm so looking, I'm so excited about their opening ceremony. So it's going to happen on the River Seine, and there's never been an opening ceremony at an Olympics or Paralympics on water. Um, and so all of the athletes will sort of float down the river uh, for about wow. six or seven k, I think, get to Trocadero, and then there'd be a big kind of that's where the event happens. But I think that'll look absolutely stunning, and means a lot of people can see it for free, 
because they'll be on the riverbanks and yeah that'll be great and there's a few exciting new sports breaking what that's a sport yes what's breaking it's break dancing but they call it breaking no the speed climbing which i love and that's really fun to watch um three on three basketball that's great it was at the commonwealth games it's really good three on three basketball yeah and you have to watch it for a while to realize oh i I thought the first time i watched it was like where's the other half oh they but they play the same way so it's just like you score there's only one net basically but then how do you get any momentum between you got to watch it Attack and defence yeah, if you're you all going switch. the same way. Yeah. Oof. Yeah. Okay. It's really exciting. Curious times we live in. And uh, are you at all worried about going to Paris? And it's funny, isn't it? Because that's not a question as a journalist that I thought we would ever really have to ask because when Paris was awarded the Olympics, uh, it hadn't had quite as much friction on its streets as it has had over the last, particularly this summer, and last summer, but does that trouble you at all? And particularly in August, there always seems to be trouble. Yeah, in France generally, but specifically in Paris, and um, it hadn't troubled me until you just said it. So right. it really hadn't at all. But I am very used to now the general build-up to an Olympic Games being this is going to be a disaster. This is going to be awful. These are all the reasons why it's going to be awful. Uh, Athens, for example, Athens is not ready. It's not ready. Beijing's ready already, and they're in two thousand and eight, and Athens is two thousand and four, and it's going to be awful. And then it was great. Um, and then obviously Beijing had issues, but as a sporting experience pure just on the sport and the venues and the it was extraordinary um and rio uh, well london london classic example london 2012 oh doom and gloom doom and gloom it's going to be awful ticket sales going to be dreadful security weather it rained for about 21 out of 22 days before the opening ceremony and then it starts it was glorious and all through that summer the olympics and paralympics and i work on both and i love doing both and it's such a it's amazingly powerful how a shared experience and everyone looking at a thing that they're all enjoying. You remember everyone on the trains and the tubes all talking to each other? Mm. Oh, no, it was superb. It just it lit up the whole country. And actually, I remember going to see the Paralympics in particular. Uh, we couldn't get tickets for the Olympics, so we got tickets for the Paralympics. There was one moment, Claire, where in the stadium, we were sitting, we were lucky, we were sitting quite close uh, to the track and there was blind long jump. Mm-hmm. And the stadium announcer asked everybody in the stadium to be quiet so that the blind long jump can hear because they're guided, aren't they, by uh, an an athlete with a bell mm-hmm. on. That's, That's right. who they're jumping with. And 90,000 people in the stadium were absolutely silent. And I just remember thinking, I get tingles just talking about it, I've never been in a place where everybody is so on the side of sport, they're doing exactly what they're told. No argy-bargy, no somebody trying to crack a joke in the silence, absolutely nothing. It was a real proper life experience. And I think when everyone's got something positive and wonderful and enjoyable to, you know, take their energy and, you know, that's what their vision is directed towards, it it improves, hopefully... general circumstances enough that that there isn't a need to get violent and protest so i you know i'm as i said i hadn't i was thinking only good thoughts until you filled my head with well i'm very happy to have been of service to you thank you uh we've ended in a slightly minor key there everybody i'm going to go and down should we sing only you again yep let's start look from from a window window. wrong key wrong key (laughs)
Looking from a window above, it's like a story of love. Can you hear me? Right, good night, everybody. <laughs> Well done for getting to the end of another episode of Off Air with Jane Garvey and Fee Glover. Our Times radio producer is Rosie Cutler and the podcast executive producer is Henry Tribe. And don't forget, there is even more of us every afternoon on Times Radio. It's Monday to Thursday, 3 till 5. You can pop us on when you're pottering around the house or heading out in the car on the school run or running a bank. Thank you for joining us and we hope you can join us again on Off Air very soon. Don't be so silly. Running a bank? I know, lady. A lady listener. I'm sorry. As you're listening to me, Daisy, Apple's iPhone disassembly robot, is dismantling an iPhone into lots of recyclable parts. That's how Apple recovers more materials than conventional recycling methods. Thanks, Daisy. There's more to iPhone. Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum.